Okay. Okay. Reductive reviews. Welcome back. <laughs> or welcome for the first time. Um, this is our Heartbreakers episode. Yes. Happy Valentine's Day. To all who to celebrate. all who celebrate and also are not celebrating this year. This yes. one's for you, honestly. Thank you. I I appreciate that. Yeah. Um so we decided to do this episode on the uh, trio of heartbreak movies. Um, that is 500 Days of Summer, um, Blue the Valentine, and... Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> um, and we are gonna, we're gonna talk about those three movies. Um, Amy and I cried a lot. A past- lot the last few days. Yeah. I've definitely cried a lot watching these movies. Um, but before before we do that, we're going to talk about what we watched this week. Yeah. Take it away. I personally watched a lot since our last episode. We saw the talented Mr. Ripley in theaters at Syndicated, which is the first time that I've seen it. Me too. I loved it. It really is obviously saltburn, but you know what? I still love them equally, and they can be their own projects individually. I mean, it is, I think that it is literally. I think that there's. Burn. I think that there's space for both, though. Okay. I I think that that's my final thought on that. I I agree with that. Um, I really liked the talented Mr. Ripley. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow just looks so good. Yeah. As a wasp oh in Italy, my. she looks so Honestly, good. Honestly, everyone looked phenomenal. They really did. Like, too good. Mm, like, a little too good, little 1999. Little. <laughs> um, and then I saw Oppenheimer finally, finally, finally in 70mm IMAX. I've been trying to see it since it came out. And I saw it by myself, alone, at Lincoln Center, as God intended. Um, and it really did change my Oppenheimer experience, I think. Um, seeing it alone, it was just, like, the most visually stunning. I do think that it's the best movie of the year. And I think that it's probably one of the best movies ever made. I don't know if it's because I watched Oppenheimer the first time in tandem with Barbie, but like watching it in 70mm IMAX as a standalone film on a Wednesday night or whatever um, really hit hard this time. Um, And then I also watched the original 1982 Blade Runner because we were going to do another episode, a Ryan Gosling episode, where we were going to do a few other movies. The new Blade Runner didn't get to that. I was starting off with the old Blade Runner, which I love. It's a classic. And then we saw the movie... When a stranger calls back. Shout out Zach Bailey. Zach Bailey will never not get a shout out on this show. (laughs) He is our little movie darling. The Reductive Reviews darling. This movie is crazy. If anyone has never heard of, is it three? How many are there? I actually don't know, but I think this was the second one. Coming prepared. Um, (laughs) This is, I think it's a... A sequel to the first one, mm-hmm. like years and years later, and it's just like psychotic. Okay. Not to be mistaken with when a stranger calls, calls. which is like two thousand nine, <laughs> and it's a remake of this. This is from like the nineteen eighties series um, of when a stranger calls. So it's actually like a very severely underrated uh, horror movie. Honestly, um, I was very pleasantly surprised. I really hate watching like old movies i i just do yeah you have a disease i have like an aesthetic thing about it um but it was really entertaining um everybody's like beautiful in it dressed like in a really cool like punk 
you know, some of the things about it was pretty boss because, you know, there's an older female protecting a younger female and they've gone through like the same like weird situation before, but like everything else is kind of like, huh? Yeah, a you very, know? a very um, kind of like art house horror movie. Yeah, um, really, creative. but so fun and really, really entertaining. Really entertaining. Um, I also saw we started Drive together. I finished Drive, always a classic. We started Drive and then we switched to one of Stranger yeah, Calls. A little neo noir for your visual pleasure. <laughs> um, I watched the original producers, nineteen sixty seven. Um, Mel Brooks classic love it I watched the Bob's Burgers movie for the first time I'm a big Bob's Burgers TV show person I love the show I didn't love the movie as much I thought it was going to be like so much more amplified and fun and like the jokes were going to be like truly on every second but it was like relatively the same as the show so i wasn't like wowed by it and i also saw i watched a lot i'm sorry i i saw i'm trying to run through them quick um i saw um enough said which is julia louis dreyfus and um james gandolfini and they like fall in love and it's actually the best like rom-com yeah. i've never heard of it like before Ooh, i stumbled you would love it yeah. you would love it because it's like indie it's not big budget it has a really good supporting cast does it take place in new york um no los angeles All right, um fine. and there's like it's kind of you know how crazy stupid love intertwines like everyone's story is kind mm-hmm. of intertwined that's that kind of happens and Ooh, I've never very high rating. It's very, very good. And also like Julie Louis Dreyfus, one of the funniest female comedians of all time, best actresses. And then James Gandolfini is obviously one of truly, truly, truly just like the best actor. Is this like right before he died? It had to have been. Yeah, he died in twenty thirteen. This um, came out in twenty thirteen. Wow. He is a Rutgers alum. Shout out Mason Gross. Shout out Rutgers. Um anyway, I really highly suggest Enough Said because they have this crazy chemistry and it's very underrated and I don't hear people talking about it, but it's it's quite good. Um, I watched True Romance for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've seen it. Pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Watched Pirates of the Cre- Caribbean, which I actually say Caribbean, actually. Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the Curse of the Black Pearl, which is the first one. I have to put it on record, this was my favorite movie growing up. Okay, good to know. I can, you haven't seen it, have you? The original Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. I have seen it. And I you just hate like don't it. I like just don't remember it. Okay, I watched it too much. Okay. I've been nonstop. I didn't know this about you. Oh, I didn't remember this about me until I went to watch something the other night and I was like, oh my god, we're putting the curse of the black pearl on. And I haven't been able to stop listening to the soundtrack. It's mm. so good. I it's really just like one of Disney's bests. And you know, like in the this is a sidebar, but you know, in the beginning of like Disney movies, they'll do like a little like reel of all of the movies, and then there's Jack Sparrow being like boo 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 boo, <laughs> like for some reason that shit gets me going when he's just like. Aye, aye, matey. Anyway, that's pirates. 
I'm sorry. I'm I I'm, okay. I still got more. Um, I saw Metropolis <laughs> on record. It's been two weeks since we did. Yeah, we do. We, we do it every two. So, but this is a lot. This is a no. Like this is what you watched in two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. And also, I feel like we've been together like every day. Every day. So, <laughs> so I, I literally. Don't when know is she when fitting you, this in? No one knows. This. And you have a full time. job. I do have a full time job and also side jobs. I fully produce comedy shows on the side too in addition to all of this um so i also saw (laughs) metropolis in concert at david geffen hall lincoln center um this is the first time that i've ever seen metropolis with a live score it was by an organist carmen or cameron carpenter he just played the organ the entire time with his original music overlapping with metropolis while it was um, being projected on the big screen. It was a religious experience. It was everything that I could have asked for it to be. I got tickets months and months ago, and it really was just every... I was, of course, the youngest person there by 50 years, mm-hmm. but worth it. And I'll let you do yours because I want to end on how to have sex, and I think that we're going to have a lot to say about that. Okay. Um, I actually have one more to add that Amy and I saw together. What? Titanic. Which, the show. which is not a movie, but yeah, it is. Uh, it is a an off Broadway musical yeah. that is told from. Um, it's a story of Titanic told from the perspective of, of Celine, Celine Dion. Dion. It is. Uh, it's one of the. It was the second time that I saw it. Um, I saw it. I think like last May, and and then Amy and I saw it last week together. And it is one of the. Funniest things I think we've both. I was ever laughing, seen. laughing, laughing my little butt off. If you, it's if, so fun. If you live in New York City, I think it's on for like a few more months. Tickets are not yeah. that expensive. I think our tickets were like eighty dollars. Yeah, um, pretty reasonable. It's extremely worth it. I'll probably see it a third, fourth, and fifth time. Yeah, um, we're not going to stop. It's really very funny. Um, if you care about Celine Dion, or just or like, don't, or like pop culture, or if you just like to laugh. If you like laughing, if you've ever enjoyed laughing, go see Titanic. Titanic. Um, okay, let me. Wait, I do. Okay, yes, but now that we're on other things, I read <laughs> the full Sweeney Todd play, which like I've had such a bad time reading lately. Yeah. Um. So I'm really proud of myself that I blew through that in like two weeks. I am seeing Sweeney Todd coming up in oh, a few you? weeks. Yeah, because I, I saw it originally with. Annalie Ashford and Josh Groban. It was really great. Everyone hates on it. I loved it, but I'm seeing it with Aaron Tveit and Sutton Foster in a few weeks again, just to get a different perspective of that. But I read the play, the Sondheim actual play, and it was great. Um, okay, well, and, that's and, done on that. and then we're seeing Teeth. We are seeing Teeth. We're seeing Teeth. We're honestly in our show era. We might, this might turn into an off-Broadway show. This is just like a pop culture. Well, I mean, it is reductive reviews. We are giving our reductive reviews of all things pop culture, not just movies. that's true. Um, as, as of right now. Okay, I'm not going to go into the books that I read this week. Um, well, you're I'm, always reading. The bi- books was a big thing the, for me. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I just um, needed to get that out And there. I'm also embarrassed by the books that I read this week, so no. let's not talk you know, about them. It's okay. called escapism, people. People. Anyway, um, okay, so I did not read that, or I didn't watch that much. Um, I saw Talented Mr. Ripley with Amy um, and then When a Stranger Calls Back with Amy. Mm-hmm. And then um, I watched 
The only other movie that I watched this week outside of our homework was um, My Bloody Valentine. I watched that with Courtney and Zach. Shout out Courtney and Zach. Um, Again. My Bloody Valentine came out in 2009. It is your quintessential 2009 um, teen thrasher movie. Think like Friday the 13th. I don't think I've ever seen it. It like it wasn't big at all. It has like a one on Rotten Tomatoes. It's extremely fun to watch. Um, I honestly really enjoyed it. And then um, other than that, Amy and I saw How to Have Sex with um, with Talia. Mm-hmm. Shout out Talia. Shout out again. And the way that this rewired my brain. All of our lives were have changed. Been changed. Like we sat in the in the theater after it ended, and like we. We, like, couldn't wait to talk about yeah. it. Um, ran to the bar to talk about literally it. Literally ran to the bar and, like, just got drunk for an hour and a half and just talked about this movie. Um, it's, I mean, I guess I guess if you haven't, just stop listening if you haven't seen it. But yeah. um, it's a movie that definitely explores uh, what is, like, pressured sex versus, like, consensual sex. But it's also that, but also it's just like late teenage years. It's a perfect depiction of what par- like a party scene is if you like go to like Miami or like the shore or something and you're like partying, you're waking up, you're drinking and it's just like what hookup culture is in these specific like party hard weekends. And then because of that, it is turns into like the consensual sex mm-hmm. of it all. And like I and what like probably every single every single woman that's can relate like the amount of like every single situation in that movie I could relate to a hundred percent getting pressured into yeah. sex waking up being like I'm not really sure that like that was a thing that I wanted to yeah. do or like just drinking weight I mean we're really like it's a movie where you're watching three teenage girls get their like first taste of freedom yeah. Um, and, like, how that can kind of manifest into something actually, like, pretty fucking dark and sinister, um, which was, at some, at certain points was, like, really hard to watch, but also so beautifully. It was so well done. And, I mean, it was so, it was so true to, like, all of our experiences. Um, and so I have to imagine it's true for, like, a lot of, a lot of women. And I honestly haven't seen a lot of movies that haven't, like, glamorized like this type of partying like it got it really because it is this is exactly how it feels it goes from like really fun and just you know like kind of like harmless partying to like something that is like now you're gonna have to deal with this trauma for the rest of your life and like you're not even really sure what it is the lines are blurred and that's a lot of what we talked about post movie was a lot of women's experiences are a lot of the gray area you know as a female we all have endured the gray area and navigated it our own ways but i just remember like the credits started rolling immediately and i i said i was like i have never felt more seen in my life yeah. And I think every guy should see it to understand what consent is. You know, don't do things when girls are sleeping, maybe. I don't know. Just don't do that. Also, I think I think something else it touched on really well was, like, you could see the main character who had, like, been assaulted. You could kind of see her, like, re- I mean, the actress, I forget her name. She's, like, so good. She's, she's, she's great. She's so young. She's going to be great. Um, but you can kind of see like her real time processing mm-hmm. while simultaneously not trying to like 
bring the vibe down, yeah. not trying to like bring the party down. And and we've so all been there. She has like these moments on the dance floor where you can tell she's like really fucking devastated yeah. about this thing that just happened. But they're like, they're hanging out with the group of guys that the guy is a part of. And like her friends are hooking up with his friends. And you can see her real time processing like on the dance floor, her kind of like try to shake it off and take another shot. And she's like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to ignore this for the night. Yeah. Um, and I think that was like another thing when we walked out of the movie theater. Like, at least I know I've been there where I'm like, I don't want to bring everybody yeah, down. No, like, I'm not going to be like the bummer of this trip or you know whatever um yeah really well done it was just really really nice to see um what representation is as a female in these kind of party settings without it kind of being like romanticized or um like you don't it's not a super big budget movie you don't need all of this mise-en-scene you know everything in our faces Mm -hmm. to tell the story of like something that we've all been through you know most of us have been through these shitty situations and like it didn't take much to like perfectly portray that yeah and i think it was the most accurate representation of what like growing up is Mm-hmm. in these like particularly tough situations in which like you become a woman basically you know <laughs> yeah but it's it's really good um so good yeah i i it's in theaters and i like highly 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 it. highly you have to see it you literally have to and that is our stamp of approval on how to have sex. how to have sex honey Okay, should we get into 500 Days of Summer? Yeah. What I want you yeah. got. <laughs> Do you want me to stop? And it might be hard to handle this. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, actually. Yeah, you could start. Um, okay, so 500 Days of Summer, a movie that should have been left in high school <laughs> for me. A movie that I, mean, yeah. I thought was the... Blueprint. 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 For what a cute indie relationship looked totally. like. Totally. And the movie that made me uh, aspire to have this and only this. And I think it's really making me re-examine some of my relationships. Because uh, I think I leaned a little too into the 500 Days of Summer um, trope. And what trope would that be for you? I was like, oh, like I like listen to the Smiths. And okay. Yeah, got it. Y- got it. You know, like that whole thing. I My first note was I hung out with a group of kids who were older than me, who were like the indie artsy kids mm-hmm. who were years older than me in high school. And this was their favorite movie. And I would watch this with them and like be like, this is so cool. And then actually watching it and being like, they don't end up in the end. And I don't actually love this movie. But it is... 500 Days of Summer <laughs> is a concept in itself, it you know? Is, and yeah. that's what it is. And rewatching it, I was like, oh, this aged horribly. It aged horribly. Let's, so horribly. Let's just put this out there. Like, this is not actually, like, a good movie. No. It's just, like, not a good movie. And it's a lot of it is, like, deeply offensive. Th- like, like Joseph- gender, not even, like, gender roles, but also, like, racist stuff. Like, like there's, racist, I, there's shit a lot peppered in, in, and I'm like, every few <laughs> minutes, I was like, wait, no, we can't be doing that. It is so, and <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt is such a little fucking He's baby boy misogynist. He's a little boy, fucking simp-ass. <laughs> 
No, no. But he's so misogynistic. He's like, oh, she doesn't like me. She's a lesbian. And I'm like, wait, how did I love this movie? I know. So much? He at the end of the day, Joseph Gordon Lovett is a simp for a girl who said from the beginning that she did not want to date him. Mm-hmm. And we all made her out to be the villain. Yeah. What? Like you played yourself, JGL. I think that we played ourselves. I think we also played ourselves. Um, I got obsessed with her physical appearance, the fact that she, like, likes music. Like, I was, I was again, I think the part of me that watched this and was, like, you know, recognizes my younger self that used to over-identify felt pretty humiliated by the fact that I was, like, it's so special that she likes this, like, indie, like, I think they talk about, like, the Cure and The Clash yeah. and The Smiths. And, I, and I'm and i like, the fact that I thought that it was so special, that he thought that it was so special, I was like, that's humiliating. That's called just like being a person. And yeah. she's like put on a pedestal because she's like a hot girl with a personality. And I'm like, this is yeah. such bullshit. And it sucks because The Smiths elevator scene i again thought that that was like the blueprint Same. of what I was like, romance I don't was someone this way and i remember like i liked the smiths probably somehow because of that movie yeah. growing up you know and um it's not the blueprint it's and just not if this is the blueprint i like i'm i don't know my last decade of therapy is really not paying off I think, so my, like, final thought of that, we, not that I have to end now, but, like, my final, like, log line of this movie is growing up is understanding that 500 days of summer is just representation of, like, what a situationship or what a fling is, but in books and movies, they have this little disclaimer saying that none of the content or characters are based on real people in real life, and then this is like how the movie starts it's that disclaimer and then it's like but you and then he names a girl Mm -hmm. and he's like you're a bitch yeah and i'm like going into it with this mentality of like i made this movie because of some bitch that broke my heart yeah that's crazy that's literally and that's crazy crazy how this had such a chokehold on our generation in high school and if this was made any other time it would not have worked as well that it did yeah but it happened to land and be made in the exact time period in which it would be the most successful and and was like edgy and set up edgy and cool yeah. and like zoe de chanel is so cool she's so quirky and she's quirky she's and got blue eyes yeah I, and bangs um <laughs> but and but no i i just think that if this was made a few years later, a few years before, it wouldn't have worked as well. And it does not age well because of that. It got lucky with its timing. For sure. Uh, My final thought on 500 Days of Summer is that it's so obvious that a man wrote this and not only a man, but a man from South Jersey. Say that, honey. (laughs) Just Say that. The writer of 500 Days of Summer is from Margate, New Jersey, about five miles from from where we grew up or where I grew up. Yeah, I'm on the other side of South Jersey, but we are South Jersey girls and there is nothing that screams South Jersey more than an angry man making an entire movie about some girl. uh, Yeah, despite her. Despite Um, her. So that's 500 Days of Summer. Fuck you, 500 Days of Summer. Should have left you in the past. Should have left you in high school. Okay. Um, Next. All right. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I have to say something. I think that I needed to leave this one in my past as well. I did not. So I call, I watched this movie earlier today. I was saving it. 
um, so I knew it would be really hard. And I called Amy with like 20 minutes left and I was just bawling my eyes out. She wasn't um, doing well, people. I stayed on the phone with her for like 30 minutes just crying. Uh, I have a confession to make. You were actually the third call that I had made throughout that movie or the fourth. Um, I had called my dad twice. Yeah. Um, I was just crying. I just couldn't stop crying. And then I called my mom and I tried to tell her that I was crying. And then she started talking about something else and I hung up on her. Classic. And then I called my dad again. Yeah. To be like, am I going to be okay? Is everything okay? Um, and so I had a really hard time watching this movie. It hit actually a lot harder than when I watched it in high school. So tell me, tell me why it should have been left in your past. I think kind of like 500 Days of Summer, it struck a chord, um, I think more culturally than anything, more culturally over content wise, I think, like, Everyone was always obsessed with Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. So I was like, it has to be this good. And like, of course it is good. But um, yeah, it's just also I have never been in a relationship before until right now. So all of these movies, I am like so much older and have a way more just different experience than I had when I watched it for the first time. Um, I don't think Manic Pixie Dream Girls are real. (laughs) And like, that's kind of what all of these movies are. And I yeah. don't think that that's like a real stereotype um, yeah. of like what women are. Yeah. Um, I, well, uh, okay, but I think, I, I yes, it's like a much more exaggerated version of what I think probably a lot of women run into, which is like dull men who are like hoping that like you'll elevate them with like your personality. This movie had me thinking about all of my past relationships and he will remain unnamed, but it reminds me of one relationship that I had for a long time, and we broke up, and we got, and we kept kind of, like, coming back together, and being, like, it was, like, a will they or won't they thing, and I think it just, it just really resonated for me in this, like, season of my life, of, Mm -hmm. you know, the just kind of, like, you know, do I want to leave the, like, is this person going to be left in my past? I, I don't want them to, but like, you know, is that the best thing for me? Is it the best thing for them? And I think it, um, I think it's just, I, I think it's really powerful to be like that drawn to somebody and to not really know what to do with it. And I think I really like over identify with that. Um, if you're listening, you know who you are. Yes. And I hope he is listening. I hope he's listening too. I hope so. I, love that for you i think that in this movie in particular i think one of my issues was is like we saw that it wasn't going to work out in a very serious way and i don't feel comforted by the fact that they're going to just give it another go because they don't i'm sure that there was love there you know but ultimately they are not meant for each other no I think that they are incompatible and I think like and just like another part of it that just like hit me so hard today was there's a scene where they're in bed and she's like you don't let me in you don't like you don't talk to me enough and he says um constantly talking doesn't mean that you're communicating Mm. and I like remember having one of like a moment like that with this person and always feeling like they you know they didn't let me in enough they didn't talk to me enough and 
I, I, I heard that line today and I was like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're on to something here with that. And, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe maybe talking doesn't mean that you actually get to know somebody because he says in the end of the movie, you know, what a shame to spend this much time with somebody and to feel like she's a stranger. And I think this movie for me, like, again, I'm just, I'm also just very, I think, emotional generally. And so I think, I think, you know, when, when I was watching this and I was thinking about it after, just like this question always comes up for me of like, can you ever truly know somebody? And I think that's like, I think you can. Maybe you can, but I, I definitely think about it a lot. I think about it a lot in my past relationships yeah. when I think about the person and like they do feel like a stranger to me. And I, I think it's both like sobering and isolating and feels really lonely. And then at the same time can like even feel like liberating where it's like maybe if I accept the idea that I can't like there's that much more freedom, you know, in, in moving forward. Yeah, I um, that's all so interesting. I don't have enough experience, honestly, relationship experience to even like go that much in depth with you about this but i will say that i love the fact that this movie was able to conjure up all these feelings in you (laughs) i think for the record i I think i do believe that you can truly know like i feel like i truly know my friends i I know my family think that i know you yeah i think i just think romantically it is harder to really i know someone because it's coded with something i feel like i well also like my current boyfriend has been my best friend for eight years so like i know him very very well but i feel like if i met someone off the bat i would have it would take me forever to know them it takes maybe what i'm trying to say is it just takes so much time to really know someone and do we do we leave relationships before we you know when like things get hard because you know things get hard and, and we don't really know and them it's easy yet. to leave and it's it's easier to leave a relationship than like yeah. a friendship or yeah. you know obviously um like family relationships so i don't know it was it was like all really interesting and i i think it still feels like pretty abstract to me and um but definitely I think, a lot of emotions today. I think that, like, the points of, um, like, the story itself or, like, what it's trying to portray is still very relevant. I just don't know if I particularly loved, like, the production of the movie itself. I kind of didn't love Kate Winslet this time around. I always will love Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's... It, it, Felt like a really unnatural character for her yes, to be playing. Exactly. Like where Zoe Deschanel in Five Hundred Days of Summer Not, was Zoe it's Deschanel. It's who she is. Yeah. Kate Winslet, like it was. It felt so obvious. Like she was not meant to have blue hair. Yeah. You know. Yeah. She's a proper. She's a proper lady. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I think that but those it, were my issues with it. Like more of the production itself rather than like the writing, because I do think that what you're saying like all of these pressure points and what what relationships are i think that that still holds up yeah for sure yeah or just like you know i think she always looked at him as as such a simple person and again like another point of over identification for me while rewatching this was that like i think in the past i haven't i haven't given enough credit to people um in like acknowledging how complicated they can be like in my past relationships like how somebody who seemingly is very simple actually has like these very complicated emotions and thoughts and yeah. Jim Carrey throughout the movie is like my life's not that interesting my life's not that interesting and then we hear on the tapes like no you have these like 
really like deep rooted complicated thoughts about like your life mm-hmm. and what you want and like who this person is to you and your thoughts about that person. and your thoughts about that person it's just like you you just, just never said them out loud you just never said them out loud and it's you know i it had me wondering like how many things have i like not even given yeah. space to like have somebody say yeah. to me because i've just revered them as like simple yeah you know i don't think that i really think of anyone as simple because I think that I am also naturally a very quiet person and I know that there's a lot bouncing around yeah. up there, you yeah. know? So I I think I stand on the side of just because um, you're talking, what was it? You don't have much to say or something? What does he say? Uh, t- talking a lot doesn't necessarily mean you're communicating. Yeah. And I, I, I fully agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that was like a really profound I that's no that really did stand out to me too because um I also think that silence sometimes speaks louder than words um so if you are the type of person that needs to be constantly talked at or communicated Mm -hmm. with I don't know I that I don't know it's um everyone's different I guess yeah it just I I guess it was just it was everyone's different at the end of the day (laughs) um no it was an it was an interesting I think perspective to watch like at this point in my life yeah it felt very impactful in a in what ultimately feels like a good way but it I was in like agony yeah it didn't give me that much agony um (laughs) But I'm happy that it stirred something within you, whether it's good or bad. It's the, the movie's doing its job at that point. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I love that. And that's the power. That's the power of cinema, baby. <laughs> Wait, I do want to say one thing about Jim Carrey. Yes. The best of all time. Yes. But he said, um, I think when he was making Man on the Moon, he took on this like character of Andy Kaufman. Um, and he said in his earlier years, he took on movies that were exact replications of his current state in his life. Mm-hmm. So like when he was doing the Truman Show, he felt like every, he was all eyes on him um, in early fame, I guess. And when it comes to Eternal Sunshine, I think that he was going through heartbreak. And I think that that's so interesting because a lot of actors don't talk about how much these movies replicate, the, like the plots of the movies replicate their life. But Jim Carrey purposefully always makes films that are have to deal with his emotions at that current state of his life. And I yeah. think that's very interesting. And that's probably why he's so good. And I think that's <laughs> probably why he's so good. I wonder what was going on with Ace Ventura. <laughs> I, I know some of them. I'm like Ace Ventura, like the, the Mask. mask. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just trying to be goofy. He was just feeling a little. Honestly, silly. he was just just trying to get the check at that point. I guess that's what that means. Um. Okay. Blue Valentine. Wait. One more thing. Oh, okay. We didn't even talk about the Kirsten Dunst of it all. Oh, she's so good. I we need to do a Kirsten Dunst. I know episode, we do. Like Virgin Suicide. She has the most heartbreak. <laughs> heartbreaking story in all of this movie i think she does and at first you're just like she's a hussy but she really is like the most tragic character in this entire movie and i'm happy how it ends for her i feel like she feels some kind of validation having everyone learn about the past the people that they have erased from their past um also elijah wood absolute creep and mark ruffalo a vision Mark Ruffalo is never not a vision, and that's that on that. He's the best. Okay, Blue Valentine. Blue Valentine, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? 
All right. I was introduced uh, to Blue Valentine in college. My friend was like, have you ever heard of this cool movie, Blue Valentine? (laughs) It's what happens when you get married and then you end up hating each other and it shows you all of the horrible shit and i was like why would anyone want to watch that <laughs> it's like one of the most popular like, and then i <laughs> and then i watched it and i was like okay i get it and re-watching it again i have to say this one holds up this one holds up this one holds up it holds up it's really good um <clears throat> okay i uh i also lost my mind a little bit while watching this um ryan gosling just so perfectly plays somebody who's like stuck in victimhood it's really it's very difficult to watch um he's like he makes it it's impossible to fight with him like he like love bombs you when you know you're trying to like communicate with him about something that's like very real and solid and it is like she is like heartbreakingly out of love with him and he is just and he knows it like he just knows it and he's doing everything that he can to to try to get her to like remain in the relationship and I don't find it noble and I don't find it fucking See, cute. I, no, and I find it I find I, it to be exploitative to like use okay. the to use the kid as, you know, as a means to get her to stay. Like I think it's gross, weird behavior and he's like, You made a promise to me, like we're married, you made a promise and it's like, okay, but I'm miserable. So like does No, that- I understand that. But I think that his val his feelings are valid. His emotions are valid. I couldn't tell it like was he like I couldn't tell is he abusive yes he's 100% abusive I I mean he's he went into her job that part was but also I'm like he's abusive get it the dog got run over and he's like you shouldn't have that was bad like he that was bad he's abusive and like I hate when emotionally tormenting people mask it with like love and that's what he does. Like, he's like, I'm being a dick to you because you don't want me anymore. So now I'm, like, emotionally abusing you. But, like, it's your fault that I'm oh doing it. And I just, I'm like, I've known men like that in my life. And I'm like, it's, I have such a low tolerance for it, honestly. This movie, like, wrapped me up. Again, haven't gone through really anything in life. So <laughs> I can't really identify with it that much. But, I mean, the, the fact that I didn't even know, I, like, one of my notes was, like, is he abusive? I don't know. Because, like, I think that his feelings are valid. And when he goes to the office and pops off, like, it obviously I feel horrible for her, but he is trying so hard to salvage it. Yeah, but I think she is so clear, like, a relationship can't just be 50%. Like, she's so clearly saying, like, I'm done with this. And he's just guilting her. And it's like, at a certain point, like, you have to take the L. Like, you have to be like, okay, I don't want to hold you hostage in a in a relationship. But they were so cute early on. They were so cute early on. But, like, leave that shit in the past. He was so good early on. Like, when he set up the old man's room with all of his, like, war... Yeah, he was great. And then he turned into an abusive alcoholic. Well, don't they all? (laughs) Don't they all? Um, um, no, but I really do. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely better, like, when he, um, but that doesn't, like, that's, that's kind of the part where he should be, like, let me, like, preserve the good, because she's gonna. Totally good she's, point. She's gonna, like, walk out of this and be, like, I don't remember any of that. You were awful for years. Like, he starts waking up at 8 a.m. every single morning and drinks. Drinking. 
And he, like, gloats about it. He's like, I'm lucky to have a job where I can wake up at 8 a.m. and drink. And it's like, yeah, okay. No, definitely okay. But also, like, it is a shame that they both jumped into that relationship so early on because she got pregnant by not even him. By not even him. So it's really a tragedy for the both of them because like she, they both just signed up for a relationship because she was pregnant and she didn't go through with an abortion and they were just stuck with each other forever. Yeah. And I think I'm, I am sure that if this were a real relationship, he would probably hold that against her and it's probably I'm shocked that it didn't come up. Yeah. I think it's like, I think it was so palpable. It's implied for sure. Like love for the kid though. Yeah. You know? Um, And I'm sure he like absolutely thought of her as like his daughter, but I'm sure that there's that like low level resentment of like, you owe me the world. Yeah. Because I, like, agreed to do this thing. But, like, in real love, you wouldn't feel like anybody owed you anything. A hundred percent. But also, I feel like if... I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to say something probably not cool. But if I was in his position, I would feel like I I was... A, I mean, I get that they didn't belong in a relationship anymore. But, like, he was fully this girl's dad right? Like, he should fully be, like, in her life. Yeah, but you should life. do things in relationships to get something out of it. What? Like, you shouldn't do something, like, selfless and kind in a relationship hoping to get oh, something no, out no, of no. it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I think that when they got together, he really was just like, I love yeah. you and I'll do anything for you. Yeah. But I think, like, which, by the way, they had known each other for less for than like three months. <laughs> crazy. And, no, that in itself is crazy. And I don't think that, I think he was selfless when it was the beginning. But, you know, when the little girl is older, I I can see how he is resentful when she's just like, go fuck yourself. And he's oh just like. Oh my God, sorry. What? You asked if he was abusive. He threatens to kill himself because she won't tell him what's wrong. That's three months in. Remember, he goes to jump off the Williamsburg Bridge. Wow. And then he starts <laughs> punching the fence and he's always yeah. punching. Like, he, this is an abusive all right, man. All right, all right. He's Sorry. abusive. He's, he's abusive. abusive. I get it. Like, I get it. But, but I guess, like, that's why it's easy to um, have a hard time when you're in an abusive relationship because you're like, I get it. And it's like, I don't know. Like, it, like the, it's not so like, black and white. Trust me. <laughs> no, trust me. I know. Like, it's very hard. And it's really easy to mistake what is, like, psychological abuse for love. Like, it's yeah. really easy to be like, look at, like, look at how much pain this person is in look at how much passion is here look at how much love is here like when things are good but like those highs and those lows are are actually just like masked abuse it's not yeah you know like a relationship should actually probably be much more stable than that yeah like you shouldn't you know, she, when she ran into her ex-boyfriend in the grocery store, you could see her trembling, telling yeah, him. I know. And that is because he's an abusive man. Like, yeah. she knew that he would... Like, no, you're a, right. A well, like, a well-regulated person would be... And I've been in this relationship, too. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, like, a well-regulated person would be like, oh, you can't help that you saw this person in the grocery store, had a two-second conversation with them, like, I'm not gonna induce a panic attack like she literally has to pull over and like run into the woods yeah you know to just like breathe for a fucking second yeah no it's abuse for sure i guess i'm i'm wrong on that i i just thought that like (laughs) not wrong i think you just 
you asked. Yeah, and it's just like I guess I guess it's like a, a gray area. Not it's not a gray area, but it's just like like when you see or understand where their feelings are coming from, it's easier to be it's easier to see be masked by the abuse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and that's really all I gotta say. That's all I have to say about Blue Valentine, although I have to say I too would have fallen for Ryan Gosling in the no, beginning. No, I mean, who would like, not? Hundred percent. If he was like looking at me with those puppy eyes, kissing me the way he was kissing little her, sweet baby. I I would have fell for it too. And so. he was playing the little ukulele, like just like that little oh, dancing so scene when yeah. he's playing and he's singing, and it's just. I think that that was all improvised. Um, really, oh, it's so cute. It really, really the beginning really was is cute. And so then he sweet, to kill and that's and why. Like, no. And it's just so, it's so sweet. And I mean, I guess that's what a relationship is like. You think back to like the good times, and that's what's holding you back from acting currently. Yeah, because you're just hoping to get that back, but yeah, like, but you never love will. evolves and changes, yeah. and like sometimes love evolves and changes into something like possessive and abusive and controlling and then like if you're able to you should leave yeah perfect representation of what relationships are i guess (laughs) exactly or can be um okay that's all i have for blue valentine me too that's pretty much all i have we were also going to talk about casablanca but But i didn't watch it i didn't watch it i I don't okay this was okay here's the thing I'll just do Casablanca real quick. It's basically Humphrey Bogart simping over a woman, just like the rest. Every single one of these movies is just a guy simping over a woman who couldn't give less of a fuck, you know? Mm -hmm. But this one is about just like a woman that he had a little rendezvous in Paris. Um, It's World War II, so there's, you know, a lot of Germans and occupations and Nazis and stuff, but they're in Morocco and Casablanca neutral-ish territory um and he has to help his little little girly girl from paris and her husband who was Mm -hmm. thought to be dead who is no longer dead he has to get them these papers to go to america um and he has to like make the decision about whether he should help them or not and he does but um there's a line in the movie that's just like you're ruining everyone's life and you're ruining the entire world over one girl and i think that that overall is like a very good um it's like the overarching topic of all of these these movies is just like a guy ruining the world and ruining everyone's life over like, some girl like a guy's world crumbling because it's over like an unrecorded some girl love. who like could not give less of a heck about him and that's casablanca the tldr the very reductive casablanca is phenomenal <laughs> everyone should watch it 1942 i will watch it at some humphrey point. bogart Le- peter laurie's in it shout out um one of the other very great heartbreak movies of all time um but that's all i have to say about feelings and heartbreak okay me too i've gotten a lot off my chest here tonight I haven't, but I'm happy to have been here with you you. on this journey. You teased it out. Great. (laughs) Love it. Um, Okay, so our next episode will be our... Oscar episode. Our Oscar episode. Yeah, so full deep dive into our, well, what we want to win, but our actual productions of so what we want and what we think yes what we believe will win and what we believe should win (laughs) to win yeah um okay well if you've made it this far thanks bye bye
Cambodia. 